Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. We are welcoming back the incredible Sonia Kennebec, who has now directed Enemies of the State, uh, which is an incredible documentary that we just watched. But I'm, I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce our audience to the film, Sonia, before we jump in. So um, Enemies of the State is an investigation into the um, you know, strange case of Matt DeHart and his family, his military family, and his parents, um, who also served in the military, they said that he was framed and tortured by the FBI because he was active in the hacktivist group Anonymous and is also an alleged WikiLeaks courier. And so these allegations are really the starting point into a story that gets a lot more weird and twisted than I anticipated from the beginning when I started working on it. Yeah, Sonia, this film is, first of all, it's just a beast of a story. The layers, the twists, the turns. I have no idea how you were able to just construct it and tell it um, so beautifully in a way that made sense amidst all the craziness. Um, so I, I guess I just want to start by asking, how did you decide the sequence in which you were going to expose this story? Uh, because, because, yeah, I just never knew what to expect next. Yeah, it's it's rare to actually have, you know, and find a true story that really can carry, I think, you know, a fairly like, long feature film um, just by the way the events develop. And um, and this story in itself, it has so many dramatic twists and turns and arcs that the challenge for my editor, Maxine Goedeck and me was really to, to um, structure it so people wouldn't get confused. And, and, and that was really, yeah, kind of what we, what we were working in, in the edit, um, you know, like not to dramatize it, but almost the opposite <laughs> to, um, to really find a, a way to tell the story that is clear. And at the same time, you know, like work with the material that existed and the real twists and turns. So um, we start out with the Matt DeHart, um, the family, father, mother and son, who defect to Canada to apply for political asylum. And that in itself is, you know, such a, you know, it could be out of a movie. It's so dramatic that this um, American family crosses the border in the middle of the night to apply for political asylum because they say the U.S. government is after them and their son. And and then from there, um, Matt DeHart and his family to testify in, in a hearing room in Canada. And we actually got the real original audio. And that became such a valuable document because it really is... Matt DeHart, who's at the center of this, you know, bizarre, strange story, is retelling his story in his own words. And and I, 
it was really important for me to use that and use that sort of as a backbone um, of this whole film. And then from there we go, you know, backwards in time and and you know at, along the way in this in this you know case. Um, Matt DeHart goes to to Mexico where he um, you know says he 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 sent some secret files um, on USB sticks to his supporters and and then he comes back to the US and 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 goes to the Russian embassy so you know all of these are things that actually really happened that we could back up with other documentations but. That is not even, you know, the, the strangest part of this this film. <laughs> right. Um, if you can uh, sort of go back to talking about, you know, when when and how did you land this story? And was the complete story um, what you started working with right at the beginning or was the story unfolding as you were filming? Yeah, so um, I, I had known about the Mad to Heart story for quite a long time. I, I was actually in production for my um, first feature film, National Bird, which is a drone whistleblower documentary. And one of my, you know, contacts of sources had told me about Mad to Heart. I believe in the context that he had worked with drones, or that's what I was was told at least. Mm -hmm. And I started looking into his case and his story, and. Early on, you know, when I started reading some of the court documents, I realized that this would be a research rabbit hole, that it was mm -hmm. so, you know, twisted and, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, it had like so many keywords already, you know, anonymous, um, WikiLeaks, but also child pornography right. and government, FBI, interrogation and torture, that when I discussed it with my producing partner, you know, we decided, yeah, right away that this, you know, we couldn't, um, include his story in a film about the drone war, but I I couldn't forget it. I, I just because it, it honestly it's probably one of the strangest stories that I'd ever heard, and it also had all these elements that I'm curious about and I'm interested in. You know, national security and espionage investigation, government secrets, the FBI. You know misconduct and um, and government overreach and surveillance and paranoia, all these things that just, <laughs> I, yeah, I always came back to it. So when I finished National Bird, I, I went back to to my producing partner, Ines Hofmann-Kenna, and I, I said to her, I was like, you remember this story about Matt DeHart? You know, I really, I, I want to look into this further. I think this could be a very interesting, but also important film. But back then, we had no idea how complex the story would turn out to be. Be careful what you wish for. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I was saying it was a rabbit hole in a rabbit hole. Yes. And yeah, and we didn't know where the investigation would take us, to be honest. Like we, you know, we, we had a sense of the story when we started, but it it actually went places that I had not envisioned or imagined. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To put it lightly, um, when you're dealing with, uh, I, I see your director statement or something that it's sort of similar to what, you know, if, if anyone's ever listened to the serial podcast or anything like that, it's just like both sides are so convincing. And, you know, we're, we're talking about well-educated uh, mm -hmm. uh, people who have, have done well in their fields. Um, so I, I, I want to talk about sort of your 
emotional journey in this because um, everybody's so convincing um, uh, and you're questioning everything from, you know, the parents' statements to um, the, the trial lawyers and, and even the, the, um, the thoughts of your fellow journalists, you know, who, you know, you're in this world of investigative journalism and you're sort of questioning, you know, their, their thoughts on, on, on the, uh, the truth of the matter. So, so what is it like for you to, to sort of have to question everybody and, and sort of trust no one? And, and how do you make sure that you're still interviewing and not interrogating, you know, or do you, or is it like an interrogation? I don't know. It's, it was very challenging. I, I'm going to admit that it, it probably is, you know, or has been the most challenging investigation of, of my career because of the human aspect of it. You know, you you sit and follow um, the stories of of people that you spend a lot of time with. And you, you know, we, we sat in these interviews and everyone who was, you know, being interviewed for this film was very emotional and passionate about their perspective of the story. In particular, Matt DeHart's parents, you know, they were clearly very upset about his and their experiences. And my, you know, director of photography, Torsten Love and I, we, we, we were really, um, during the interviews, we were impacted by it, of course, you know, we, we are human beings. And, and it's, um, and we, you know, we were diving very, very deeply into, into the story. And then, um, yeah, as we went along and we got more and more access to people who had a different perspective but had the same, you know, passion, it, it became it became very challenging for us. And we had a lot of conversations within our team about the story itself and people's interviews and our interpretation of the story and where the truth would lie in the story and does lie in the story. And um, and we really, it, it was interesting because we we all, I would say, you know, different times along this journey of the production came out, came down at different sides of the story. And of course, as, you know, different evidence came up or we spoke to different, you know, more people, um, we also, you know, we adapted and changed our perspective and interpretation of the events and and yeah and for me this film became really more than a film about one individual case but it's it's a case study it's 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 mm -hmm. a journalism case study and i think it's very interesting for other filmmakers and artists and writers and everyone anyone who um you know seeks the truth in and investigates and at the same time it is for me it it is a film about the truth and how to find it in in a world of you know full of contradictions and conspiracy theories and conflicting testimonies and and I, I really would love for the audience you know to to go on this yeah journey with us and understand what you are experiencing while you watch the film is is what we experience as a film team. And um, I guess I have a two-part question. Have the people that were um, involved in the film seen it? And do you think the story's over? Yeah. I have the feeling that the, the, the films that I, or the subject matters and the stories that I, I tackle are really never truly over. Um, it's, I, I'm definitely very 
interested in stories that are complicated. <laughs> and, um, and and that's probably part of it. it it's and I, 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 I like and and stories that are, you know, in the shades of grays and have, you know, government secrets. But of course, because of that, it, there's always I feel in, in, in yeah, in the films that I, I tackle, there's always something still lingering. And in this mm-hmm. story in particular, it, it, it still has, you know, secrets and it has ambiguity. It is part of the film and also what I want to say with it. I I purposefully don't create my own narrative in this and I don't fill up sort of the gaps or the ambiguity with speculation. And I, 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 you know, I hope people will understand why I'm not doing it. It's really part of, you know, kind of the message of this film that, you know, some people are uncomfortable with ambiguity and, you know, try <laughs> to fill it up. And I think that's one of the problems. That, that we have, um, you know, with conspiracy theories circling. But because of that, we are still, and I'm still investigating for sure. I'm, mm. you know, I still have questions myself. You know, there, there are um, things that I want to get to the bottom to, like the FBI part of, mm-hmm. of all of this, the role the FBI played, because we, we did various interview requests and public record requests. And... Um, and the FBI, in fact, said in, to us in an email that no former or current um, FBI employee should cooperate with this project, which is quite a strong statement. <clears throat> and it's quite a strong statement and it raises a lot of flags. And so that's definitely one of the the storylines that I still want to pursue. And we have been in touch with the, the Hart family um they uh they recently um you know like we we've been communicating last um with with the father mm-hmm. and and he he follows um the journey of the film of course it's very um you know personal to them it's it's their lives right mm-hmm. um so he has said um they they definitely you know need some time mm-hmm. still to process um and it's you know i I'm, i kind of don't want to you know give away too much of right you know, where this story is leading the audience because the experience of how we got there is, is such a big part part of the film um but there is in a way you know it, it, it for, for me the, even though there might be not a strong conclusion, there are still strong statements being made by by Meta Hart and his family. Mm. Yeah, and just like you said, you definitely, at least in my case, I'm sure Aaron agrees, leave the audience with a lot of questions just in my own personal biases and, and what I believe, you know, there's this part where all these activists are like gonna rally behind him because, you know, fuck the government, you know, which, you know, I agree with on a certain level, but you don't know when you don't know the whole truth, you know, not everything is black and white. And that I think that's just such a big, important lesson to have is just it's easy to it's easy to just jump on board because it seems like the right thing before you know everything. And in this case, we may never know everything. So, um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, but I, I think you're you're definitely one of the most well-researched investigative journalists we've ever had on Bitch Talk. Um, so I'm curious to know, um, 
what is the percentage uh, of trust that you have in the government versus not trust? <laughs> and this is a two part question. If you ever find something out that's truly unsettling in regards to our safety, will you warn us? <laughs> I would like a heads up. <laughs> you, you seem to not. <laughs> yeah, you have our email. So just, you know, yeah. shoot will us. You just. If Shoot you us a line. <laughs> hear something, just give us a heads up so we know what to expect. Uh, and we'll use code words, Sonia. Code words. <laughs> use code words. Yeah. You're definitely poking right into, into sort of like the, yeah, the core of my work. I, I certainly have a lot of distrust um, in the U.S. government uh, because of what has come out over all these years, you know, I think, you know, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist by, by no means, but it, it is true that some conspiracies, in fact, um, you know, happened and are true. And it and the government misconduct happens, you know, and and that whistleblowers have played a tremendously big role in this, you know, this especially since since 9-11, you know, disclosures from Edward Snowden, yep. you know, yep. government mass data surveillance, um, you know, the drone war, government torture, um, you know, election interference, all these things have been revealed by whistleblowers and and the you know this, the, the surveillance of people really happens of all of us in fact right and then um, you know my my previous film U.S. versus United States versus Reality Winner showed that the surveillance and the data that's being collected can be very easily used against yes. people. Mm -hmm. so, so all of that is is a fact. It's true, and and that's why when I started out with the investigation for enemies of the state and the Matt Hart story, it certainly started with, you know, a distrust of the government. And, um, and I, yeah, and I had also, I, I could very much empathize with the family's, you know, sense of paranoia and fear of surveillance, like, because I've experienced all of that firsthand, like, I, I do know how it is, how it feels to be severely, you know, paranoid and concerned about um, surveillance. So, so that was, and that's why it was so important for me to structure the film also in this way, because that was the starting point. And, and all these things, it, they do play a strong role in, in this story. But what, um, as I went along, what definitely appeared was that the story is not black and white and it has a lot of shades of gray. And it, you know, you don't necessarily have to have, you know, in real life or like, actually, I think that's more real life that you don't have this Hollywood narrative of just mm -hmm. hero and villain and good or bad. And, you know, multiple things can happen at the same time. And in fact, I think a more you know, kind of in line with human behavior and the world we live in, you know, human behavior is very complex. Um, but in terms of warning people, I, mean, I, I, <laughs> I do try that with my films. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely think we should all be very concerned about, you know, government surveillance and how the data that is, you know, collected and stored about all of us can be used against us. And, and it doesn't have to be, you know, you yourself who, um, you know, who all of a sudden becomes a target, but it could be someone close to you. Mm -hmm. And then you're implicated, you know, or, um, yeah, you're pulled and dragged into, um, 
you know, like a, a situation where all of your private information is revealed, you're using private conversation. So I think that's what we have to be very concerned about. Or another thing which enemies of the state is also about is government um, secrets. And I think a lot of, you know, what happened in, in the Matt DeHart case is, is, is also a result of um, government you know secrecy which then people you know fill up this this void of information with speculations mm -hmm. and you know informed by their own beliefs and then secondly government um, paranoia because it's not just us who can become paranoid but it's also the government that has been so afraid of whistleblowers and leakers and so on and they can become you know these agents can be par paranoid as well mm -hmm. so and that can lead also to mistreatment and overreach so it has a lot of layers and i really hope that people sort of see that um in the film that it's not just about one individual case but it i really want to you know encourage people to think critically and see everything else that this film is commenting on um yes <laughs> yes there's there's much more gray area than we even know. Um, and thank you for, for speaking to that. Our last, our last question, um, I think, and then we're going to wrap my last question. And I think, Ange, um, the last time we spoke with you, it was about the film uh, United States versus Reality Winner. And since then, if I'm correct, I didn't look it up today, but she was let out of prison. Is that correct? Yes, yes. She has been released into home confinement. Yeah, that's, um, it's, been, it's been good for her and the family. And have you been able to catch up with the family or and or her? Yes, um, we actually, yeah, we we were there. Um, wow. Okay. And yeah, so I'm I'm actually planning to to update. Okay. Our film. Um, it is you know her her journey um, is is definitely not over. Um, she's mm -hmm. still under you know very harsh conditions um, until November when her regular you know, um, sentence is, is up. Um, she, she had already served um, four years in prison and then she's going to be on three years um, of supervised release also under a lot of conditions unless she receives um, a clemency or, or a full pardon from President Biden. Mm. Well, thank, thank you for the update. I thought about you right away when I heard that news. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we texted. <laughs> yeah, she's free. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sonia, thank you again for sitting down with us we are really just in awe of your work and just the sheer amount of work that goes into your work is just incredible and the stories you choose to tell are so important we hope everybody goes out to watch enemies of the state right now in theaters and on demand again we've been talking to director sonia kennebeck oh and i had one more one more statement um if something were <laughs> to happen to us Politically, government-wise or otherwise, we hope you will commit to telling the story. Yes. Because <laughs> we, we, we only like trust you. On yeah, we only yeah. trust you. I mean, if I end up in jail or whatever, yeah. you know, you may be getting a call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I <laughs> reach out to me. I have a lot of contacts to attorneys. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Good. Thank good. you, Sonia. <laughs> well, go get some rest. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Thanks. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. 
My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions.